podcast is brought to you in collaboration with Blue Moon Spiritual Wellbeing, who you all know that I'm a massive fan of. I had my first reading with Zosh in January 2019, and it was so accurate. And I've had really great readings since. And I know that a lot of my followers have too. We all talk about physical and mental health, but people don't talk enough about the importance of spiritual health and meditation, uh, which obviously is extremely important. I can't recommend Zosh at Blue Moon highly enough. She provides amazingly accurate cosmic guidance with her bespoke spiritual readings, natal charts, astrology, crystals, and meditation sessions, plus lots of magical content on her Instagram, which is at Blue Moon underscore spiritual. You can also find her website at www.bluemoonspiritual.com. Hello and welcome to the La 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 Let Me Explain podcast. And I'm so happy today because I am joined with a major spectacular buffting uh, <laughs> man like Megan Rose Lane, <laughs> who is an empowerment and mindset mentor, speaker, writer, podcaster and founder of She Grows Events and just general badass mother, woman, warrior. <laughs> Absolutely gassed to have you here today, honestly feel like I'm with a celebrity oh thank you I'm blushing now that was such a nice intro thank you Ah. (laughs) I'm so happy to be here like honestly you are one of the most inspiring people that I follow and I don't get that inspired by that many people on Instagram I find it hard to find people that I'm like boom to everything that they say yeah and um yeah I just love everything you post I'm just like yes this is amazing it makes me think it makes me question stuff and it changes my perception and it challenges my beliefs and uh, I'm just grateful that you exist, really. So thank you. I feel the same about you. I've been listening to your podcast, which started um, pretty much like the day after we got locked down. I think you did your first one. <laughs> I was like, do you know what? I've been trying to start a podcast for a really long time. And suddenly I have no nothing in my schedule. Everything's cleared. And I was just kind of sat at home on my own with my own thoughts. And yeah, it just came kind of pouring out of me. Yeah. There's not a lot of people that can do like a one man podcast. I don't think I could do it. I always have to have a guest or two here. Yeah. And so that was one of the things I was listening to. Like, wow, like that's pretty sick that you can do a one man podcast. I mean, some of them you do have you do have guests. Yeah. But but there's a, a few of them which are just like you, twenty minutes straight talking, and I listen to them in my ears when I'm taking my little dog for a walk. And there is something so peaceful and calming about them. And I've learned so much. Mm. Um, stuff that I can really take in to the rest of my day with me. Like you, mm. you speak so eloquently and knowledgeably about anxiety and fear and self-love and self-loathing and all of those things it's it's so powerful so if you haven't listened to Megan's podcast I mean really listen to it especially the first few episodes are just I really got so much out of them thank you um you kind of stopped in May didn't you yeah I stopped I I actually just started working on my online course and I'm not um I don't like to spread myself too thinly over different projects because I feel like I want to give my all to something and writing the online course which is basically going to take people through through like a 10 about 10 weeks of like life changing like how to take your life from just merely surviving each day to really thriving and being in a life that you really love and um I really wanted to to put all of my energy and time into that as well as obviously being a mum and everything else so um that's where I'm at right now but the podcast will be back um for another 
another series yeah i think it should be it's, it's really good <laughs> thank you so who who are you because sometimes i feel like i follow people on instagram and they've got like a blue tick and loads of followers and i you, you know like they've been there a while so it can sometimes be sort of hard to figure out like how did you get here yeah. how did how who how did you become this incredible awesome woman oh god i don't even honestly the the journey's been so insane because it all started probably around five years ago when i started doing um, makeup tutorials and um i didn't want to be um air quotes influencer for lack of a better word i didn't not i did not want i did not choose this it was just that i really wanted to be a makeup artist and um as soon as the 15 second videos came out on instagram which was so long ago now the first thing i did was jumped on the bandwagon of here's a quick makeup tutorial um and i think that it was kind of luck as well the fact that 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 time of my life coincided with that happening with instagram and um the market wasn't so saturated then either so I got in my foot in the door quite early and that's where I really started to pick up followers and pick up engagement and um I've been passionate about kind of self-development and spirituality since I was like 18 19 but it's always been kind of laced in with um this well it kind of came through from my eating disorder I had bulimia for a really long time um and also I was kind of very obsessed with my appearance and very insecure and and really really didn't like myself and I think I used makeup as a way to kind of like escape that um get validation from people be called beautiful be told I was good enough um and it was that journey of really figuring out that that didn't that wasn't serving me and it wasn't giving me the happiness that I thought it was um and I guess I had this kind of all of my growth has been in public it's been you know in front of people so that a lot of people who follow me since I did the makeup days have seen me go from this kind of makeup guru who was like super like over edited and like uh, face tuned all this stuff and then became a mother and started posting about you know cellulite and really stepping into um, the body confidence space and learning to love myself and then getting deeper into spirituality and then becoming a single mom um, and then now where I'm kind of stepping into the coaching world and really taking everything that I've learned and 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 trying to help people as much as possible so that's kind of been the the roller coaster or the journey from from there to where I am now I guess how old are you do you mind me asking 29 oh yeah mm-hmm. um it's a good age yeah it's a good age it's I a love great it age. yeah, yeah. I'm 30s it. are amazing you're yeah. gonna love them yeah. actually I'm, I'm really excited about 40s oh uh, yeah yeah people keep saying it to me I've got two years and people are just like wow you look young <laughs> Um, you get I get panicky though because there is this whole thing a bit about her forties like I'm supposed yeah. to be a proper grown up but um, but yeah so but people keep saying no forties if you thought thirties was good forties is amazing it's good fun you lose all your inhibitions yeah. I hope so. my mum was a superstar in her forties I remember I remember being young and watching my mum in her forties and she was just so beautiful and uh, so inspiring yeah. Yeah, it's, a good age. It's, a, it's a great age for women. We do not uh, expire. We just get better and better, I think. Exactly. Um, so you've got, how old is your daughter? She's two, just. Ah, oh, mm-hmm. that's a great age as well. She's hilarious. It's like having a little comedian running around the house. Yeah, I really enjoy that period when they first start learning to speak and you're like, oh, you've got yeah. a little personality that I can yeah. engage with. Like, I mean, they've always got a personality, but it's so yeah. nice when they get to that age. And um, her dad, mm-hmm. I know that you don't, you know, you, you, you co-parent and that's a really nice situation that you've got going on. Yeah. But I think people probably want to know, like, 
what happened and because you seemed like quite a solid couple yeah. you were a bit of an insta couple weren't you we at were, the beginning we were an insta couple and um it was funny we, we never planned to be again we both grew our instagrams entirely separately when we first met which was many years ago like four years ago we both had a, a no following um and he grew in his way through sports and whatever else he was doing like funny videos and stuff and i grew my way through makeup and it's just i think we probably helped each other up a little bit as we came together and did funny videos and youtube videos and boyfriend does my makeup and all that kind of stuff and that kind of transformed into us taking the piss out of just general life what it's like to be parents like we had a lot of fun making a lot of funny videos and um he's a great person like love him to bits still respect him so much we are still friends we still you know talk about Esme we, we pretty much just only talk about Esme but we both love her so much she's mm. like you know the reason that we continue to be so um you know calm and kind to each other and things like that so yeah we just I think it just got to a point where we just realized that it wasn't we weren't making each other happy Mm. Um, and I don't think that either of us had done enough work on our own to be the type of, to be ready for a relationship where two people could really give to each other what they needed to. We, I, I needed to go away and work on my self-esteem and work on my jealousy issues and insecurities. And I was quite triggered by that relationship because, um, <clears throat> recovering from bulimia is very difficult at the best of times but when you're in a relationship with someone who's very involved in like the the sport world and the the fitness side of instagram it was just this constant reminder of the 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 shit that got me where i was where the shit that got me into my eating disorder in the first place and it's it's very difficult to heal and move forward when that is there. It's like almost like a dark cloud that lingers near you when you're trying to really like break through and step into this newer version of yourself. And I felt like something just kept pulling me back and that wasn't his fault. It was just the industry and the, the that environment that I couldn't be around anymore. Um, I think that was huge for me. Mm. Um, and um yeah, like he's he's thriving now. Yeah. I love to see how much he's thriving, especially as it's Esme's dad as well, you know? Um, so I think it was the best thing all around. Like Esme has two really happy homes now. I get criticized a lot for breaking up a family mm. and um, I get called selfish and I get told that I'm a bad mom because I, you know, we chose to, bro to break up. And there was, I had to deal with a lot of guilt around that. There was so much guilt around, you know, I had a really solid home life growing up. My mum and dad were together. They were in love. They were kind. They didn't argue. And I had sisters and everything was happy and rosy and beautiful. Um, they broke up a few years ago, but like for, you know, the majority of my life, they have been together and been strong. And I wanted that for my daughter so badly. But what I've learned in this process is that, she, does, she doesn't need that in order to be loved and in order to have a good upbringing and in order to be happy. And I would far rather her have two separate happy homes where she sees no drama and no arguing than be in a family where two people just can't seem to see eye to eye all the time and are there's a there's a negative energy or there's an argumentative energy or there's like even snappiness or even, even passive aggressiveness, you know? Even just that kind of like snidey bitchy like not even massive arguments but even to have to be around that kind of energy at all for a child they pick up on everything mm. and sometimes the most loving thing you can do is separate and and give that child the chance to have two separate happy homes or one mm. happy home without one of the parents yeah yeah that's the way it needs to be 
how sad that people feel like it's okay to <laughs> tell you that you've made a bad choice for your own child. I know. Outside of the context of, you know, I can understand it if you were posting videos of Esme smoking or something. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Then, okay, we have the right to say, Megan, I don't yeah, think you should yeah. be doing this. But <laughs> everything else, like, people are such fuckers. I know. And I bet they're mums as well, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. I bet it's a lot of women. A lot of mums judge mums. But they're projecting. They're projecting their own shit. You know, if their parents broke up and they then resent their parents for doing that then they're going to project that onto me Mm. and you know see me as uh, you know demonize me because that's their experience with their parents when actually it's an entirely different situation that they know nothing about so I don't take those judgments to heart um luckily I'm quite strong and thick-skinned and I know myself and I know what I'm doing and I know that I'm a fucking amazing mom so yeah and I think you have to you have to have that thick skin don't you with um with this kind of industry absolutely I'm sure you've probably got a thread on the disgusting bullying site that shall not be named yeah. i just i don't even say the name i no. can't even bear to give them any promotion i'm sure everyone knows know. what i'm talking about i do there's plenty of threads on there and oh, I, you know i spend time gross. reading them i don't i i remember there was there's twice that i read i've read them and i didn't even mean to kind of read them i think i was like googling something like my my new journal or i was googling something else and or myself or something and that's it unfortunately comes up first yes yeah, <laughs> um and it you know, there's been times where I've read it and I've I've been shaking and I've been like really upset and like I can't believe that these people are pulling me apart this much. And sometimes you read a comment and you'll think, wow, that feels quite true. Mm. And you'll start to question yourself. Um, I've actually grown a lot from um, some comments. I've actually gone, do you know what? What she said there actually is a little bit true. And mm. I've actually used that to, to make myself better. So I, then I thank them because I'm like, you're trying to drag me down. But actually, if I'm clever about this, I can make myself a better person and actually become more successful and piss you off even more by becoming even better. Yeah. You know, you can channel that energy. You can you can take that negativity, that, they, that, that negative energy that comes into your kind of space and sit with it and go, right, how am I going to become a better person? Because that energy's got to go somewhere. Yeah. You know? You've dealt with it much better than me. I mean, when I thought I it first, because I hate when people do this, they'll send me a screen, have you seen this, hun? Mm-hmm. All these people being really mean about you. Like, that's mean in itself, isn't it? I don't want to see it. <laughs> don't send that to me. Um, and so when I first went on to it, I, I made the mistake that people always make, which is like, oh my God, I'm really shocked. Read it all and then posted it on my Insta, like these horrible bullies. Mm-hmm. And I've seen so many people doing that. And actually it's the worst thing to do. The because worst thing. What you don't realise, you kind of live in this bubble when you're on Insta and you forget that there are actually people watching your page who are really not very nice. And so actually all you're doing is sending, all you're doing is sending more traffic yeah. to it of, yeah. of, of your haters. Yeah. Um, there was something really funny um that someone said who was it i can't remember who said this but he was like if you um knew the other opinions that that those people had you wouldn't want them to like you anyway yeah if you knew all of their beliefs and the things that they believe about the world and their opinions on other people you wouldn't want them if if they were like a Donald Trump supporter. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't be asked if they it's liked so you or true. not. Do you know what I mean? It's so, so you true. don't know what that person's really about. You don't yeah. know what they've been through. You don't know, and it's just I like to imagine it. You know that show, um, Catfish, mm. and these people pretend to be someone else for years and years and years. And in the beginning, when they meet this, when when the person who's been kind of like catfished meets them, they're angry at them and they're like, "How how can you fucking do this to me?" Like what a shit person you are and then you dig deeper and these people are lonely and sad and lost and really yeah. really if you got to the bottom of all of these people there is there is 
there is problems and there's troubles and there's, there's there's pain. And I actually think that probably if if you or I knocked on their doors, they'd probably be quite happy. They wouldn't go like "fuck you, I hate you." They'd probably be quite gassed. Like yeah. that's the sad thing about it. Like you've actually taken that much time out of your life to sit there and 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 and. Uh, uh, you know try to destroy other women because that's what it is, is it, yeah. there's this real sense on there of this like it's not just oh she's a bitch i hate her eyeshadow today it's more like how can we establish where she didn't declare that something was an ad so we can report it and get yeah. her removed you know there was this real nastiness on there but i love that outlook of it that actually and that's what got me through it as well first the first thing i never look at it anymore yeah, never ever look. ever unless Do i not look unless the only time that i look is if somebody sends it to me and i kind of can't help but look and then yeah. And then I'll see the ones around it and I'm like, actually, I think I know who that is or I know exactly who that is. Mm-hmm. And and it's really difficult because it really makes you want to um, clap back because yeah. there's so many untruths on there and it really makes you want to go, uh, hold on, that's not true, fuck off. Yeah, but as you a can't. human, you want to defend yourself. You, you do. Know, you naturally want to defend yourself, but... Uh, it's a waste of time. It is. It is an absolute waste of time. Like, I'm in my business mm. and you're in my business. Who's in your business? Yeah. Who's working on your life while you're working on mine? Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I think it's just don't look at it and, and exactly that. Remember how sad and fucked they are. Like, it's not normal <laughs> behaviour and it comes no. from a place of real... Pain. So you have to pity them. You have yeah, to pity them. But actually do. in a kinder way, like, you actually have to feel like, yeah. I hope your life gets better. I really do. Yeah. But that you also step in shit. Yeah, it's a mixture. It's like it's like fuck you, but I send you love yeah. at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It's like your ego is like fuck you. Your higher self's like I'm sending you love because you need it. Yeah, so. exactly. So I've got some amazing questions as always mm-hmm. sent in um, by my followers who knew you were coming. And I mean, this question, yeah, is kind of so. I've sent I sent Megan the questions, so she's been able to prepare no I haven't oh but I think you know what I think that you'd automatically know how to answer all these questions anyway to be honest (laughs) I'll just go off the cuff but the first two questions I literally had like 25 questions basically saying the exact same thing okay which is how do I stop worrying about ever never meeting a great guy I'm 35 and they all seem rubbish and then another variation of this question was, I feel that I'm going to be single forever because I won't tolerate shitty male behaviour. Do you two feel the same? Okay. First of all, <clears throat> the, the universe, life, will reflect back at you what you're looking for. So if your belief is that all men are shit, then you will find shit men. Yeah. You will find shit men. I do this... Um, I do this uh, experiment with people in my webinars, which I got from another coach, um, Michelle Zelly. She did this once in a in a in a uh, event I was at, and she tells people to look around the room and to notice everything that's, say, for, for example, white. Okay, so you look at for everything in the room that's white, and you notice it. You take it in, and then you close your eyes, and she asks you to then visualize with your eyes closed where everything in the room is that's red. Mm. right you can't fucking see it because all you can see is white and when you open your eyes you see this red about but you weren't tuned into it okay because you were looking for the white Mm -hmm. yeah and it's such a clever way to realize that you see what you look for you get what you look for and that's the funny thing about beliefs is that if you believe that all men are shit you will 
subconsciously seek out shit men to prove yourself right that all men are shit, right? And you'll keep finding shit men and going, see, told you so, all men are shit. Yeah. And what you need to do is expand your beliefs and, and rewrite your beliefs and expand your vision and, and see that there are a lot of really wonderful men in the world. Yeah. A lot. And I've never had this problem because my dad was fucking amazing. And I think that because he was so incredible, I've never ever doubted how great men can be. And therefore I've always had, you know, nice boyfriends kind respectable boyfriends yeah they weren't perfect um and but i've never been like cheated on loads or like really in a seriously abusive relationship or anything because i'd never had that kind of model to me so i think that on my radar i kind of looked for the guys that were more like my dad and i expected that in men and that's what i found Mm. so when you go about saying all men are shit there in in and of itself is the problem is that your belief is that men are shit so you're gonna find shit men i it's very so interesting tim will be thinking like he's he's having deja vu because i literally just read out my so for my patrons i do audio blogs and mm. i just wrote read out my two blogs uh, law of attraction and get happy and i say exactly that in the get happy blog which was I kept meeting these men who had girlfriends mm -hmm. I didn't know they had girlfriends mm -hmm. and I'd get really into things with them like you know a few months in and then I'd suddenly discover that they'd lied to me about everything yeah. and I was just in this mode of like why is everyone I'm meeting you know but then every, then I'd date people and I'd be like right I want to see your passport I want to see this I want to see everything but because I was still in that mindset of going well every man's got a fucking girlfriend mm -hmm. every man is dishonest mm -hmm. and so I was then attracting that of course you so it's so I mean it's I think the law of attraction and things like that sounds a bit kind of airy fairy and magical to some people, but it's really not. It's so no. it's such basic common sense, and it's yes, you know, it's the universe and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, responding to your vibrations, which is the kind of part that people might go, oh fuck. I off, mean, it's like. science, though, really. But <laughs> it is exactly. It is so. It, it, you know, if if you think men are shit, you will find shit men. Absolutely. And also, it, uh, you know, if if. Uh, I think it's good to look at it like this. You know, if a man hates women mm -hmm. um, or really dislikes women, distrusts women, are you going to want to date him? Yeah. It's a very off-putting thing. Yeah. So, uh, or it should be. Mm -hmm. Please don't date men who hate women. That's a really fucking bad idea. Yeah. Um, however, I think that, I think that when you do get to the point, because she talks about, she says she just won't tolerate shitty male behavior um i think it's more than that because I, I so so i don't want because i totally agree with you there are some wonderful men out there mm -hmm. and i think actually you've been really privileged to have an amazing dad yeah uh and and he set a fantastic role model for you so you wouldn't accept anything less yeah but i think we do have to be realistic about the fact that there is a kind of problem with men in the same way that there is a kind of problem with white people. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm white and I'm not, you, you know, but I understand the part that whiteness has to play in white supremacy, even yeah. though I don't subscribe to that. Yeah. I'm very pro-black uh, and a very anti-racist, but, um, but I acknowledge the problems of white people and that we have been bolstered by a kind of system that has, a, a, that has given us privilege mm -hmm. and, and it's exactly the same for men. We are in a patriarchal society. Men have privilege and there are far too many trash men out there. There are indeed. Absolutely. There really are. I think we have to be realistic about that. We're navigating the dating world without also being like, I hate men, fuck men. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a balance, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's not enough men doing the work, basically. Yeah. There's not enough men doing the work on themselves. Um, and 
I think in order to attract that type of men, we have to be, because of the way the world is, we have to be doing the work ourselves in order to call those men in who are also doing the work. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people throw around, you know, men are shit and I know they are and they can be and there's definitely a problem there. But I think a lot of us don't actually do the ta- take the time to look at ourselves and our own behaviours and see how we're showing up as women, mm. you know, and taking responsibility for our vibration and the way we treat men. And if we think all men are shit, how are we treating men? Yeah. Yeah. So if we do meet a good man, are we then looking for all the reasons he's shit and pushing him away? Mm. You know, there's so there's so many layers to it. You know what it is? I think sometimes you can meet men who are actually not shit. They're like kind and nice and they're not coming to you with anything that would be like red flaggy. Mm-hmm. Except there are always these kind of underlying red flags in the sense that, you know, men, he could be the kindest, wonderfulest man in the world, but also have these kind of, but not be a feminist, basically. Yeah. I think we need, I think we need men to be feminists. We need men to understand. I think when you get to this kind of level of like, wokeness Mm -hmm. about how much women have been fucked over in society and how much equality we still have to strive for to me i wouldn't tolerate a man who was not up there in that level of thinking absolutely but the problem is then that makes the pool of men available to date very small because most of them still hang on to those male privileges and those ideas about things like you know, she's a whore if you, or losing respect if you have sex on a first date and, yeah. and things like that. So he might be a really nice man, mm-hmm. but he still thinks that women shouldn't have sex on a first date. To me, I could not date you unless you're willing to then be educated and change those views. Absolutely. That's what I was just about to say. Like where I'm at right now in my life, I'm very, very, very specific about the type of man that I want and what I will and won't tolerate. When I see a red flag, I'm like, no, I'm gone. Um, but... If you can find a man who is a good person, like you were saying, who's just had a bit of, you know, dodgy conditioning, um, believes a few misogynistic things, but has an open mind and is willing to listen and grow, then absolutely you can sit down and have that conversation with him and you can both learn together and, um, you know, open his mind and open his heart. Definitely. But he needs to be willing and able to do that. Yeah. You can't be with a guy who is an unconscious, you know, in denial misogynist. There's no getting through to those people. You mm-hmm. just can't. It's a, you're going to lose every time. Yeah. So just move on. <laughs> Find yeah. someone else. And I think that's it. And I think it's about just being really happy being single as well. So that it doesn't feel like... Because I think a lot of people are a bit like, well, there's so many men with this misogynistic conditioning. And, you know, I might have to just settle for one because I don't really don't want to be single and there's nothing else out there. And I think that if you get really comfortable and happy with being single, then you are much more likely to not settle for a piece of shit or even if it's not a piece of shit, just somebody who is not able to understand where you're at woke-wise, you know? Absolutely. And I think we just need to keep, have faith that there, you know, how many billion people are there on this planet? There are plenty of good men out there. There are. And you need to be in that abundant mindset of like, my guy is out there yeah. and I, I'm going to take the time to do the work, to be on my own and to feel so fucking good, single and thriving and loving life and knowing my worth and being able to spot red flags. And when someone comes into my space, I'm going to know whether or not that person is worth my time because yeah. I'm so sure of myself. And then you will find a beautiful relationship. Absolutely. Like we need to stop doubting 
you know, life and, uh, and and just have more faith, I think. I know people, I know my friend's granddad got married at like 82. Exactly. Um, to someone in his care home, you know. It's a exactly. long time to wait. I'm not saying you're 35 now, you've got another 50 years, but, you know. I think when it comes to the... the, the, the um the age thing, what always gets me is that, you know, I've had friends that got married at 28 and got divorced a year later. Mm. I've had friends that got married at, you know, 36 and got divorced a year later. And I've got friends that got married when they were 24. It's like, you know, they're just, you just don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And you might look at someone's life right now that looks perfect and they're getting married right on time because they're 28 and it's, you know, they're all on schedule and they've bought the house. And, and a year later, their shit's falling apart mm. and they're single again. You just cannot go by that timeline shit because anything could change at any moment. My mum and dad broke up two years ago and they both dated other people. And they had the happiest, most amazing, loveliest marriage ever that I thought was like what I wanted for myself mm. and then it all just kind of fell apart in, in in the space of weeks wow you know it was hard and and you, we didn't expect it and that's why you can't live on these timelines because you just don't know what life's gonna throw at you no exactly and i think it's so important to be open to opportunities i think the real key is being a being content with being single and b being open to opportunities mm-hmm. um and and keeping the faith i've said this all along like there are great men out there Absolutely. but we do have to raise the bar we do have to set the standards higher we can't go oh he's a great man because we went on a date and he didn't try and grope me you know what i mean that's yeah. not the making of a great man yeah you need to have that bare minimum i think some women just don't have a clue about what the bare minimum that they deserve is mm. and they allow what they allow some shit and they're like, oh, this guy did this and this and this. And I'm just like, should I go back to him? And I'm like, what? Yeah. How can you even think? How can you even like consider that that's okay? Mm. Um, and I put on my story the other day that like every woman deserves date nights and every woman deserves flowers. I'm sorry, that's a fucking bare minimum. Yeah. Like I deserve a date night and it doesn't even need to be to the theatre or something expensive. I don't need to be taken on holiday. Take me for a fucking walk in the park. Yeah. 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 Turn your phone off. Spend some time with me. Take me for a walk in the park. We go to the cinema two for one. We can go to KFC. I don't care. As long as I feel like you've you've taken time out to make me feel like a priority, that's all I want. Yeah. That is the bare minimum. We should not be fighting for that. I, I hate that. You know, there's been times when I've been in relationships with people and I'm literally like begging them to text me back. Or well, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm begging them to give me some attention why do you always every weekend why are you always with your boys and then you figure out well that's because that's what he wants to be doing yeah well if you're in that position where you're literally begging, begging. to give me the bare minimum yeah. that's your time to absolutely just step out yeah um we have to raise our standards we have to raise the bar for what we think is acceptable for men none of this like he's a really good dad why is he a good dad because he takes his child to the park every two weeks yeah. fuck off yeah like you don't praise mums for that exactly don't praise dads for that exactly it's so Um, fucking true oh the bar is so fucking low for men Um, (laughs) so raise it and I think that raising it then is hard because you won't tolerate this shitty male behaviour anymore so Mm -hmm. it does keep you single for longer but it keeps you being single for longer is not a problematic thing it just means it's better to be single for six years than to be in six shitty relationships for six years. Exactly. And then at the end of that six years, you come out a broken person with yeah. more limiting beliefs and less trust in men because yeah. you, you know, allowed yourself to 
have men that weren't good enough for you in your space that brought you down that ruined your self-esteem and all that kind of stuff so yeah it's better to be single for six years and meet the right guy because you were ready and you put all that time and energy into you and loving you Mm -hmm. rather than loving the people who didn't deserve your love yes exactly bang on um the next question says how do you know if a man will be a good dad and um, how do you adjust to parenting alone? This was the same question, but I think we'll answer the first one. For how do you know if a man will be a good dad? I mean, look, I've seen some men who were a bit of a shit, a shit hot mess, have a child and then change overnight. I've mm. seen that in, in friends' relationships and stuff where this guy who really didn't show up and really didn't, wasn't, you know, the best partner in the world, had a child and it changed him. It shifted something in him. So you you don't always know. However, I would never choose to have a child with someone that had values that weren't aligned with mine, mm-hmm. that, you know, consistently did things that were selfish and showed, like, no respect towards women, things like that. It was For me, it was easy with Paul because um, he already had a daughter and mm. I saw him as a dad and I saw what a great dad he was and how much time and love and energy and commitment he poured into his daughter when when they were at my house um when they were around at our house sorry and it was easy for me I never worried for one second having a child with Paul not for one second because I knew he was a good dad already but even if he hadn't already had a daughter I knew by his values I knew by the way he treated women respected women spoke about women um and treated other people and his what he stood for and the things he believed in and the way mm. he showed up for people, the way he supported his friends. You know, it's all in... I really think that you can tell a lot by just someone's character from their values. And I'm not saying that men who aren't the best partners in the world are all going to be shit dads, though. I'm not saying that. Mm. Yeah. I mean, but I do think there is something in... If you can't support the mother of your child in the right way, then are you really being a good dad? You know, you, True. I, I think that... I, I, I do think that the way that they are with you in it, it in a relationship is really important. Yeah. I mean, values is so important. And things like if there's any ounce of homophobia or transphobia, yeah. you ca- that because what are you going to do? What happens if your child does turn out to exactly. be gay or non-binary or transgender? What What is just exactly. going to fucking reject them or make their lives hell? No, just people who with any type of phobias shouldn't even be allowed to become parents. 100%. Um, but you're right, I just, I, I don't think that you can tell. I would have said about my son's dad that he would, without a doubt, no fucking question, be an amazing dad. He was very solid. Um, he was a good, good man. We had a lovely relationship. There was uh, very few problems in the relationship. We weren't very well aligned, like maybe intellectually. Yeah. Uh, we weren't necessarily on the same page like that, but w- we had the same values, morals friendship group all of that kind of stuff we loved each other and uh when I was pregnant he ended up leaving me for another woman who from what I heard gave him some kind of ultimatum and then he disappeared no for like years no he's back now but he went I laugh about it now because it's such a fucking shock like it was such a shock yeah um because and you know speaking to my friends and stuff about him my mum and everybody who'd known him for years you know we lived together um everybody was just like what like no like he'll be back tomorrow he's he's just having some kind of breakdown yeah so so for me it was always this kind of thing of like there was 
there is no I would have put a million pounds on him being a good dad Mm -hmm. and now he is Mm -hmm. but he wasn't and he abandoned me and 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 our son for for a short period of time um so, so I guess you never know. You just don't know. <laughs> you don't know. And that doesn't mean just, oh, I'll go and have a baby with anyone. Um, but, you, I, you know, you just don't know. But, yeah, like you say, you can make qualities, an educated guess. being you a good person. You can make an educated guess. Yeah. But, uh, like you've shown, you just don't know. You just don't know. Anything <laughs> can happen. Um, and how do you adjust to parenting alone? I mean, I don't parent alone. I'm not going to You're not pretend. Don't count yourself as a single mom. No, I, I use the word single mom. Someone shouted at me once. I was like, you're not a single mom. You're a single person and I was like what <laughs> but um why I is think, that because I think because I I have an ex, my ex still takes care of Esme too and we actually share her 50 50 ah so for me I don't feel like um not to call myself a single mom I, I don't I don't feel like I do I do it on my own mm. I'm very supported with Paul right he, he's incredible with Esme and we have a 50 50 the hardest thing for me is a single I don't want to say it because I don't want to offend anyone, but like as a single mom is the time that I'm not with her. Yeah. That's the hardest thing for me. And um, But at the same time, during lockdown, when we had no nursery and I was still working, still, still trying to make money to keep the roof over my head and all that kind of stuff. And we shared Esme. I had so much compassion for women who are actually do not on their own, mm. who do not have that father figure there to support them because it is stressful yeah and I talk a lot about self-care but I mean when you're parenting alone whether you do have someone to help you or not you do have support or you don't self-care is like my number one passion in life because if I don't take care of myself I lose my shit last night I didn't get very much sleep and all day today I felt like shit Mm. and I know that I'll go and pick Esme up from nursery tonight and I'm not going to be 100% myself. I'm not going to be 100% on the ball with her. I'm not going to be, um, you know, performing as a mother to the best of my absolute ability because I've not fully taken care of myself. So every night for me, it's like, get to bed on time. Get eight hours, seven hours, eight hours mm. sleep. When she goes down, go and get a bath. and meditate every day without question. First thing I do when I wake up, my phone's on plane mode. Don't even look at it. And I go into the, the living room and I put my meditation music on and I spend 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes just in a deep meditation, centering myself mm. for the day. That is so valuable. Um, get a child, um, get childcare or a babysitter who is reliable, who is consistent, who is supportive, who you know you can call on when you need them. Um, whether you can afford one or not, sometimes you just have to make sure you've got a, a close friend, um, friend or family member that, w- that is willing to help you out if you feel stressed or you feel like overwhelmed. Um, but if you can afford one, get a consistent babysitter who you know you can trust because then it takes the load off. Yeah. Deal with feelings of guilt. And, and I think a lot of single mums will feel guilt oh, mom guilt. I think uh, not even just single mums I think all mums mum guilt is such a thing it's heavy it's yeah. a heavy emotion to carry in your body it's mm. really it really and it really affects your ability to to mother to the best of your ability as well which then kind of fuels the, the guilt yeah. in itself yeah yeah guilt's a really useless emotion it's it really is a cycle isn't it yeah so I think remove all the mum guilt take really good care of yourself make sure you're getting enough sleep make sure you've got a, an amazing support system um self-care is number one number one and if you're working as well and everything's stressful just be organized get on a good schedule you know cook your dinners cook the the weekly dinners on a sunday night and just get into that flow where everything just kind of slots into place and makes life easier for you because it's hard on your own yeah 
It is. It is. I wonder if people would have a go at me. I'm. A, I call myself a single mum, but his dad has him one one night every two weeks. No. So I don't think they're going to come for me. No, they if won't they come do, for you. I'm fifty fifty. They hate me. <laughs> oh, fuck off. I mean, that's how it should be. It's really. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you might have to change. Do you live near each other? We do. At the oh, moment. that's good. But you know, things may change. And she in goes the to school and stuff. Might yeah. be difficult. Who knows where we'll end up living and all that kind of thing. So, but it's good that you can communicate and Mm -hmm. readjust when you need to that's exactly exactly how it should be and most or not most a lot of people aren't so lucky a lot of people post breakup Mm -hmm. it's really difficult to get to a point where you can even be civil with each other exactly um and that's really hard if that's initiated by the other parent when you're just trying to make things okay and they're constantly trying to fuck things up or have power over the situation it's it can be incredibly difficult that's one of the things i would also add to that is being with being a single parent is just remove all of the toxic people of the drama of your life Mm. do not even go there you don't have the energy for it you don't have the time for it it's draining uh remove it remove yourself and when it comes to your ex or the person that you had the child with um I would always say, be just be the peace, be the peacemaker. Yeah. Because it's so easy to get into that retaliation mode where you're like, fuck you, you've not done this, you've not done that. And actually, if you want a peaceful life, just be the peace. And actually it takes two to, it really does take two to carry on a confrontation, to carry on an argument. Yeah. Um, so if you can keep being that person that puts out the fire and puts out the fire, eventually I do believe most people come around to that and you can have a more peaceful and happy life. It's, it's interesting that you say that. I... Totally agree, actually. But sometimes I think people are reluctant to do that because then it feels like you're allowing the other person to win. Mm -hmm. And you have to change your mind frame on that and see it as, actually, this is not even a competition. This is not a battle. Any sense of winning or allowing someone to win is just about defusing and getting harmony. and And what do we do? We keep the child at the forefront of everything yeah you know who do i want to keep the peace for do i want to fight because my ego needs to fight today and needs a war or am i going to put my child first and create as much of a peaceful environment as physically possible yeah absolutely you're really great you're really good at this you are thanks you give the best (laughs) answers feel like you need to come here every day um all right next question says how do you get over a situationship of over a year and gain the courage not to go back to it? Self-worth, baby girl. Have you ever had situationship? Yeah, but I don't, I, I know my worth now. I don't hang around in those kind of situations because it doesn't feel good. Like situationships, I'm imagining what she's saying there is for a year. She's been in a situation where like she's probably not felt good enough or worthy enough to be in a full relationship. Or Well, he hasn't. Yeah. He hasn't offered that. To, to me, a situationship is where one or other of the people, where you're sh- sort of seeing in. each other, you're having sex, and the other one just wants it to be casual, and the other one's starting to gain feelings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think she's gained, she's she, she's caught feelings in a situationship, yeah. which is a horrible place horrible. to be. Horrible, but you deserve more. And that's the thing is when you know what you deserve, walking away is actually much easier. Mm. Um, the temptation to go back is just you reaffirming to yourself, this is what I deserve. I deserve the bare minimum. I don't even, it's not even the bare minimum. Someone who won't commit to you, someone who doesn't want the same thing as you, someone who knows that you've caught feelings for them and still keeps coming back into your life. They don't even have the respect to go, do you know what? I'm going to cut ties with you out of respect for you because I don't have the feelings that you have. 
a situationship is just like a low vibe relationship that's not it's not happening and it's stagnant and it's and it's doesn't serve you it doesn't feel good it's not empowering and in order to keep if you keep going back to that the only problem really is where you're at with yourself yeah 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 absolutely absolutely it is again it's about like what we talked about at the beginning about setting that bar and having those standards and 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 knowing exactly as you said what what you deserve and what you want Mm -hmm. uh i think sometimes when when you get into these things with these no labels kind of fuck boys these situationship type things um it can be very difficult because when they're with you, they can make you feel amazing mm-hmm. and the sex is great or mm-hmm. sometimes not even great, but you think it's great <laughs> because you're getting cuddles and intimacy And you put them after. on a pedestal as well. Exactly. Um, and then they don't call you for a week or two weeks or whatever and then they won't want to have sex again. You think, oh, well, fuck you, but you didn't call me for two weeks. But then when you do, it's so lovely and you're back with him and it's all yep. your feelings and whatever. And so actually it can be really difficult to break that pattern because you're getting so much of this kind of girlfriend experience or yeah. feeling of being wanted and desired when you're with them. Exactly. But such a feeling of rejection in that period in between where they're, you know, yeah. where you know they're probably dating other people or... Um, but if you gave yourself those feelings, mm-hmm. if you gave yourself that feeling of being desired and wanted and cared about and loved and valued and cherished and nurtured and all that stuff that you feed off from him, you wouldn't need him. Yeah. You know, and then when he pulls away and doesn't text you for two weeks, that would give you the ick and make you go, oh my God, what? Rather than go, oh my God, when's he going to text me? When's he going to text me? I'm lo- waiting by the phone. Mm. It's a completely different energy because when you fill your own cup up first, you don't need anyone else to fill it for you. So when they don't deliver, you go, fuck you, bye. Yeah. yeah. And it's so lovely when you get into that self love mode and and exactly as you just said it's that feeling of like what you don't want to contact me you must be a fucking idiot exactly like, you're lost yeah, yeah. You, you step into that I, I always talk about queen i always say queen you're in a queen because when you step into that vibration you actually become like a magnet for men as well which mm-hmm. is insane men just like fall at your feet and they want to be around you and they wouldn't dare not text you back because you know your worth yeah and if they didn't text you back you're like wow i yeah. mean <laughs> your lot on yeah what's wrong with him <laughs> what's like, wrong with him and then yeah. you move on and you move on to the next it's just a sh- it's a good it's a sh- it's an entire shift in vibration it's an entire shift in mindset it's an entire shift in your level of self-worth and self-love and it always the root of these issues always comes down to where how, where are you not valuing yourself where yeah. are you not loving yourself because that is being reflected in your relationships absolutely and where is your unmet need identify what that unmet need is within you mm-hmm. that you that is driving you to go for people who are making you feel rejected yeah. figure out and fill it yourself yeah. but all of this stuff is quite easy to talk about you know you can listen to a podcast with people saying validate yourself love yourself nurture yourself care for yourself but if you've never been taught how to do that and if you've never had a good role model of parenting if you've never you know I talk about attachment theory quite a lot um you know and you you've obviously got a secure attachment you feel securely attached because you were nurtured properly by Mm -hmm. two great role models as a child and then there's other people who had who grew up in you know much more chaotic and volatile Uh, situations and even if it wasn't chaotic and volatile sometimes we have parents who only show us love when we're uh, achieving or doing well or parents who can only show us love briefly after work or you know all of those kind of things and and then we bring that to to our adult life and Mm -hmm. then we seek out um, relationships or you know people who um, fulfill us in the same way that our parents did and and it suits our uh, our attachment style yeah so 
it's very easy to say validate yourself but actually if you've got no framework for that it's yeah. it's like mission impossible i get it because I, even though i had this great upbringing there was a lot of times where i felt very neglected and ignored and not heard by my parents and um, that triggers me deeply like when a guy ignores me i lose it if he doesn't text me back for a long time or i feel like he's lost interest or dropped off that triggers my inner child start screaming and, and shouting because it's like the times when i had an eating disorder for like 10 years and nobody even cared Mm. they knew and didn't nobody sat me down really and had a conversation with me and I was called an attention seeker and tutted at and told I was a drama queen and stuff and I was suffering I didn't know what the fuck to do with myself and I and it felt like this secret that everyone knew about what nobody talked about and nobody cared about and that was hard and now when that happens in in adult life Mm. you know when that gets triggered I have to, inner child work is incredible. Yeah. And I think that like you're saying, people don't have that framework. You, you got to go back. You got to go, you know, it's, it's short term pain for longer, long term gain. Yeah. Go back into those wounds. Do there's free inner child work meditations on YouTube. Um, I even do like a, I did an inner child webinar, which is like 20 quid. There's like really, you know, inexpensive ways to do this kind of stuff. It's um available online. And, it's powerful. Mm. It really is because I remember going back doing some inner child work and going back to when I was six years old and this this situation happened and I went back and I had a conversation and I healed it. And from that moment on, I released something massive inside me and did a lot of healing from that. So I think when it comes down to this, where do we start when I don't have a clue how to love myself? Go back to that child, go back to that time in your life where that seed was planted, where you were told that you weren't enough or you were told that you know, life was had to be this way or whatever it is that's causing you suffering now. Mm. Um, inner child work is is big. Yes, it is. Highly recommend it, actually. That's one of the things that I always say is like, look at a picture of yourself when you were like <clears throat> five or three or, you know, mm-hmm. a period when you were still young and happy and you have good memories from that time. Although not everybody ha- had a great time at that time. But look at a picture of yourself when you were like five and honor that girl or boy Mm -hmm. honor that person look at her and think did you really think that she was gonna grow up and be chasing after fucking gary like getting upset that this guy who's got some weed in his boxes is not calling you for like (laughs) look at her so true but honor her like you know um and sometimes it can it's very it can make you want to cry but crying is good crying is great um but look at her and, and, and see what future did you imagine for her? What did she deserve? Yeah. And if you look at her and you're sitting there going, you're not good enough and you're not hot enough and you're not wanting, you can't look at that child and think that. No, you and you're only, still that child really. Exactly. You can only look at that child and think, you are beautiful and you deserve everything. And yeah. you are still that person. She you is are. within you. Yeah. And you have to honour her. Yeah. Um, okay. Next question. Go, go, go. So it says, my thoughts are horrible and I feel horrible because they seem bigger than me. I don't know what to do. Okay. I mean, this is where spirituality saved me because when you view yourself as the universe expressing itself as a human being, you understand that your nature, your true nature is huge, expansive, infinite, never ending. And the, you know, the the real essence of who we are our soul, the part of us that is infinite, is untouchable. It's love, it's peace, it's huge, it's massive, and it, it, it doesn't have a beginning or an end. That's who you are. A thought and an emotion, they're not even real. You can't touch them, you can't, you can't grab hold of them, they don't stay, they're not here forever, they're gone one minute, they're here the next, they, they're fleeting, you know? 
they will never even come close to being as big as you. It's almost like, um, how can I, for example, a car being scared of its indicator. Do you know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> like, no, yeah. it doesn't make any sense, okay? So like, when you think about the size, the, the, the significance of your thoughts and your emotions compared to who you are, just think of a car and they are a bus or a truck and mm. then the indicator, like it's gone, it flashes for a minute and then it's gone, you know? Um, and your thoughts and your emotions are, I always say like passing clouds. I love the analogy that we are the sky and everything oh, else is the this. weather. I heard you. I was walking around the park listening to you talking about, <laughs> say this all out properly because I love this analogy. I mean, I don't really remember how I said it in the podcast, but like, that's what I mean about how you as a, you who you are, your true essence of you is like the sky. Yeah. Endless and infinite and vast. And, and when you look at the sky, it just, it's just peace. It's love. It's this like bedrock of just loveliness you know mm. and then everything else that moves through it cannot become the sky you know the sky doesn't point to a cloud and go that's me mm -hmm. the sky knows it's separate from the cloud the and clouds dark, just passing through dark clouds can come and they can take over the whole sky but mm -hmm. they're always gonna pass always they're always clear what cloud has ever stayed yeah ever never mm. not once so that's how i like to think about my thoughts and my emotions i always i have a little ritual that i think is really important that when um, an emotion comes up for you or a thought comes into your head that you take away its meaning a lot of the the stress that we feel about our thoughts and emotions is actually how we judge ourselves for having them it's not the thoughts and the emotions themselves they're kind of neutral uh, it's the meaning we attach to them that makes us feel shit that makes us feel stressed mm -hmm. so if if you get for example um an intrusive thought comes in. Sometimes I imagine like Esme getting hit by a car or like something really awful happening, like, or me dying or something like that, right? That's like my worst nightmare. If I run with that thought, give it meaning, say it's a premonition, start thinking that I'm a bad mom, I've got a dark mind, all of that, that attachment is what causes my suffering. The thought itself is just neutral. It's just a thought, right? Yeah. So it's what I do with that thought that determines my experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if I take away all the meaning, and I say that thought means nothing. It's just a thought. Yeah. yeah. And the human brain is going to make you think fucked up things. It just does. It's just, I read yeah. an article about it and there is a name for it. But yeah, I mean, your your mind can take you to the darkest places. Yeah, absolutely. But that doesn't mean that that's what your mind is made up of or that that is, or intention. has any meaning. It's not or, intention. Yeah, it just yeah. happens. It's just a thought. And a lot of the time, you can't control all the thoughts that come in and out of our, mm -hmm. in, in out of our mind. We can choose new thoughts and we can pro reprogram our brains. Absolutely. Um, but most of the time, unconscious thoughts that just come in and out, we've got to just let them come almost like on a conveyor belt and they just move through. Yeah. Uh, don't grab hold of them. There's no need. You don't grab hold of a cloud in the sky and go, oh, I'm going to take that one and hold yeah. on to it. And then I'm going to ruminate over it and I'm going to obsess over it. You just let the cloud go. Let yeah. it go past. Same with emotion. And with emotion, the way I like to stop myself from letting it take over my entire body and make it bigger than me and seem like it's, you know, I had, used to have this panic attacks all the time. I like to identify in my body where that emotion is, give it a name, give it a colour, uh, and then have a little conversation with it. So I'll get in the bath, hot bath, bubbles, mad anxiety, get in the bath and I'll think, right, where's my anxiety? And I'll, I'll, I'll feel it in my shoulders and I'll see it as, say, a red ball, yeah? And I'll give it that shape and that colour and that size and I'll see it and then it's already separate from me. It's not who I am. Mm. It's just it being held somewhere in my, in my energetic body. And um, I sit with it. And actually, often, 
as soon as I've given it a name and a colour and a, a label and I've said it's anxiety or it's fear of death and it's in my shoulders and it's a red ball, I've already kind of brought my awareness to it, made it not me and it already dissipates. Yeah. So often that's all you need to do. But other times I'll sit with it and ask, what do you need me to know? What is it that, what's the message that you have for me? And you can sit and welcome it in. Mm. Pushing away, resistance causes a pushback. Yeah. So when you try and push an emotion away that wants to be heard and wants to be felt and wants to be seen and recognized and worked through and then released, pushing it away is going to keep coming back stronger. Mm-hmm. So you have to have the um, the courage to sit with it and actually look it in the face and go, what the hell do you want? Yeah. Yeah. That's and so it's, important. It's not even, it, when you start doing it, you realize it's not scary because emotions can't hurt you. Mm-hmm. They just feel, they, they feel funny. They don't feel comfortable in your body, but they just want to be seen, heard and, and recognized and, and, and noticed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes you have to really put things into perspective as well. Like no one else can see these thoughts or, or mm-hmm. emotions. You're not walking around as like some big, you know, you're actually quite insignificant. And these thoughts that seem really, really huge. If you look around you at the big sky and the trees and the ground and mm-hmm. all the other people walking around and the world just going by, like your thought is having no impact on this world. Yeah. What's it's only on you and, and it's not bigger than you. No. Um, and it's not, I mean, I think the thing is, because she's saying her thoughts are horrible and I feel horrible because they seem bigger than me. I think that you've, well, actually, we need to be quite clear that if your thoughts are about hurting people or hurting yourself, mm-hmm. then you do need to, um, get help you need professional, professional support. Mm-hmm. Or if your thoughts are, you know, hallucinations or uh, auditory, you know, voices or whatever, you do have to go and seek mental health support. Absolutely, yeah. Um, sometimes it, it can't. Things can get very dark, and and anxiety and depression and schizophrenia and all of those things are very real. Mm-hmm. Um, and and at, Megan's given some incredible tips. And again, if you listen to her podcast and follow the work that she does, um, then then you will continue to be able to learn how to manage, you know, your day to day anxiety and things like that. Yeah, but, mild. Yes, yeah. you, we're not t- talking about major mental health disorders. No, that's there not is, my field. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, and in fact, actually, the next question is 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 really important in terms of this, which is mental health for uh, working class people. Um, if people can't afford expensive therapists due to poverty, what can they do to help themselves? I mean, when it comes to mental health. Obviously, you can go and see your doctor and there are free, I'm sure you know, free resources and free things, right? You know what it is, is the problem is, is that under this horrific government who has enforced austerity for the past 10 years and has made cuts to the NHS, to children and mental health services, to Mm -hmm. uh, social services, local authorities, um, charity, you know... it's the the poor who have been hit the Absolutely, hardest. Absolutely, yeah. And so it's really shit because even as a social worker, I used to do this. I would say you really need to go to your GP who can refer you for talking therapies, or you need to you know be referred to mental health or whatever. Um, but actually, in reality, it can take months if yeah. you're going to your GP and they're referring you to. Um, in our area, it was called IAPT, Integrated Adult. I can't remember what the PT stood for, but anyway, psychological therapies, I think. Um, It was like six months. Absolutely. And so in that time, you've got, you know, things are going to Mm -hmm. potentially get worse, make you feel even shitter. I mean, if it's serious mental health, then, 
you know, there, there should be immediate, you know, if somebody needs sectioning or something like that, then I would hope that the service, I, I haven't worked in social work for two years now, but things tended to be quite good the more serious things were. Yeah. But even then, resources are not good enough. No. Um, I remember when I was, when I went to the doctor a couple of times with my eating disorder and never got a call back. Mm. Oh, I'll send you a referral. And then literally months would pass by and nobody would call me and I would keep calling and nobody would call me back. And I ended up having to pay a fortune for um, hypnotherapy, which yeah. my dad paid for in the end. But um, I remember I remember when I came back from Australia and I had no money and I scraped together like 35 quid to go and see a counsellor who, who just said some weird stuff to me that made me feel really uncomfortable and I left and I just cried my eyes out and it was just a horrible experience. Um, so, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not, luckily my dad supported me through hypnotherapy so I don't know that struggle that well but I get it I get that yeah. they don't get back to you and you don't feel like a priority you feel like nobody cares so in terms of like free shit for mental health dancing is free mm. when I feel shit I wake up in the morning and I put on Maroon 5 and I dance the shit out of my living room like literally sometimes I'll do it naked sometimes in my underwear I'll close my curtains <laughs> and I will rock out to some crazy fun happy songs and I can literally sometimes I'll cry afterwards and have a big release but like moving your body exercise oh, is so free. important go I, for I, a, always, a big I, walk I think it's shocking when people do go to a GP and before recommending um and they and they recommend antidepressants straight mm -hmm. away which can be vital for some people but yeah. I really think that the benefits of exercise which have been well documented mm -hmm. my mental health suffers I try to exercise every day because my mental health definitely suffers on yeah. days that you I have it. it yeah it releases chemicals and endorphins even if it's just going for a walk literally we're jumping around yep. dancing it's so important I think the fitness industry has made us believe that we have to have some you know extortionate gym membership mm. or do some fancy shit we don't you do yeah. not you just need to go for a nice long walk or go for a good jog or you know do a workout from youtube in your living room there are so many ways to get free exercise yeah. free workouts there's so much out there now so many resources yeah um meditation is free i would recommend it to everyone people don't really know where to start with it they they don't even want to sit down and do it they're scared of their own thoughts their own mind i would recommend then an app like headspace or calm which aren't that expensive headspace is now okay headspace is used it? to be free it's now like 60 quid a year okay yeah that's quite a lot um but there is lots of there is lots of free stuff you yeah. just have to access the I right know, stuff i'm not sure how much insight timer is but that's good and i think there's one called mind seed which is free mm -hmm. um but there are apps out there yeah. so if you want to get into meditation if you're serious about taking care of your mental health it's my number one thing if i don't meditate and exercise every day well i don't exercise on the weekends normally but if i don't meditate every day i'll lose my head yeah and i've got my shit together now i'll lose my head without it so you know it, it does take a month or two to get into it mm. to make it a habit if you're serious about it then then absolutely 100 do it and i would say clear up the people that you are around you yeah it's so important there's people that i know that struggle with their mental health and i look at the, the friendship groups they're in and the family members that they're still allowing into their space and the toxic situations and the partners and things like that and i'm like no wonder you feel shit you are mm. literally surrounded by like rotting fruit yeah it's exactly it but also utilize the people who are good for you yeah. and talk i think it can be a really talk. embarrassing conversation to have to like just randomly phone your friend and be like have you got a minute? Always, always check before you talk. Yeah. Really important to check that the person that you're talking to has the space mm -hmm. and the capacity to do that right now mm -hmm. because it's not good to just offload. But talk. And, and, and you'll be surprised how many people are really like just open. You know, imagine receiving a call from your friend who's just saying, have you got the space? 
I'm feeling shit. I just need to talk things over. Yeah. I think most people are going to be really open to that. If they're mm-hmm. not, they're not your friend. Yeah. Um, and there is a real benefit because it's kind of like once it's out, once you've spoken it out, sometimes I do it on my so close friend's stories on Insta. I just have a big rant. If somebody's done something horrible to me or I've been trolled or whatever, I talk it all out and then it's gone. It's gone. I mean, yes. they say a problem shared is a problem yeah. half, right? It's so true that that when you're holding something in, it seems so much bigger. <coughs> and the more you overthink it, the bigger it gets. Mm. And the more the more you attach to it and the more you, you suffer and the more, you know, you just kind of zooms in and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger until you're like, oh my God, I can't handle this. And then you let it out. You tell someone and they go, oh God, I, that happened to me as well. You know, that mm. happened to my mom. And this is how she handled it. And this is what she did. And then you find you know, a solution or you even just feel a million times lighter by just saying it, by being vulnerable, by opening up and knowing that it's safe. Um, and there is no shame. No. Remove the fucking shame. Yeah. I get shamed all the time. All you ever do is complain about emotions. And I'm like, I talk about my feelings mm. and some people cannot handle it. They cannot. Yeah. You're not allowed to say you're sad because if you do, you're weak. Oh, fuck, fuck people. Like, honestly, <laughs> I love people. I love humans, but fucking hell, most of them, not most of them, a lot of them. <laughs> Being on Instagram is really, really hard work. Like, well, especially with the work that you do. Yeah. I think the, only, the other thing that I would recommend within this is journaling, like writing your stuff oh down. God, yes. When I blog things or I just write it all down again, it's another feeling of it just being out. I yeah. can't, can't keep talking about it because it's, it's there done yeah yeah. i mean i wrote a journal it's on amazon oh i haven't seen that i'll give you one i'll I'll send you one give me your address and i'll send it to you but yeah it's called the inner queen journal and it has prompts for every day yeah so it has like questions and you know you put the date at the top and all that kind of stuff and it has questions that take you through and the the results that the girls who've bought it in three months have seen it has like life assessments throughout so every three weeks you have a life assessment and you you kind of like reassess where you're at in in your relationships in your self-love in your self-care in your mental health in your uh finances and all that kind of thing and and these women have been journaling for three months and they go from ones and twos to to nines and tens wow and it's it's amazing because all it takes is five minutes of focused attention every single day setting intentions saying what you're grateful for centering yourself and and it aligns you every day it puts you back in alignment every day it's like meditation you, you know you fall out of alignment every night you go to bed and you be like oh wake up in the morning realign yourself yeah the growth that comes from that is just insane journaling is such a healing incredible thing that is so often overlooked yes yeah oh well buy that i'm gonna buy it don't give me one <laughs> I've, i think it's really important to support women uh with money um <laughs> you know what i mean yeah there's a lot of shame around women and money oh god <laughs> again back to that what with that site that we were talking about that's what they're obsessed with oh yeah they? yeah yeah they so hate weird. they hate you making money god yeah. i love being rich it's fucking great yeah. <laughs> and you know there's been times in my life where i've literally had to look under the sofa cushions for for pound coins yeah to buy beans because i was hungry and i couldn't afford my rent I've, i know what that feels feels like and mm. i will never be ashamed to say that i make money now and i love it i, I love that you know the, <laughs> honestly it's the best thing ever especially when you've got a child yeah i'm not it's gonna be ashamed oh, and all of these people who complain about it would love to have money of course i've taken a major pay cut by um leaving the job that i did to do this but this will I'll, make you money eventually. Oh, it will. Yeah, I'll, I'll, absolutely. I'll, I'll be filthy rich and then I'll <laughs> fucking throw my gold shit at these <laughs> arseholes. Um, all right, so we've got two final questions, both about uh, relationships. And one says, the first one says, am I disrespecting myself by staying with a guy who cheated? In a word, yes. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's that black and white. I know, I get it. Like, I know that everyone's got different situations. I, I even know, I know situations of people close to me where, you know, but... Being cheated on is not acceptable. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. It's such a gutting, devastating, nasty feeling. It's such a cr- it's a cr- really cruel thing to do. Did, have you ever listened to Esther Perel? No. Oh, she's amazing. I recommend her highly. She's got podcasts where you like sit in live and listen to um, her doing couples counselling. Wow. With like, but really quite complex sort of situations. Right. And most of them start most of them around cheating but when you unpick she unpicks all of these things around why this person might have been feeling neglected or other underlying things that are going on within the relationship and one person's addiction or whatever it's 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 often it's very complex it makes you kind of understand the nuances around cheating a little bit better i'm not saying forgive people who cheat to me it would be a non-negotiable if you cheated on me i would feel so disrespected and upset i don't think i'd be able to move on from it yeah but um i think it's so individual and so personal it is i think for me just projecting from my experience of walking in on an ex who was in bed with another woman after a night out for me and 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 that feeling and just um screaming i remember those people coming out of the houses on the street because I was, I was drunk but i was screaming so loud i was so upset um and you know for me that was i never spoke to, well i didn't never speak to him again i spoke to him years later it was like in a friendly way but like there was no way in hell i was going back to him mm. ever again yeah. ever because that was a line that i was not willing but then again i was a great girlfriend and you know hadn't really done anything that that warranted that not that i think anyone warrants cheating but i understand what you're saying about the fact that there are complexities and there are things that could be going on in the relationship that cause someone to look elsewhere for reasons that they're not really conscious of Uh, yeah i mean i i think in the main cheating is a really horrible thing to do to your partner and i think that um i think that if you can never I wouldn't, for me, I would find it very difficult. There's only, you're only disrespecting yourself by staying in the relationship. A, if if he hasn't been completely remorseful and you don't understand the proper nuanced reasons behind it, I would expect somebody to really communicate with me about that afterwards. And if they were able to give me something that I could kind of understand, then we might be able to get through it. But I think you're disrespecting yourself if he's not incredibly remorseful. And you're also disrespecting yourself if you're staying in a relationship where the trust is gone. Yeah. If you can't forget, forgive and forget, then what's the point? Mm-hmm. If you're going to constantly be paranoid every time he's out and he's a bit late or every time he's on his phone, yes, you're disrespecting yourself because you're remaining in a relationship with someone who you don't trust. Yeah. For what reason? I mean, we go back to the bare minimum. Loyalty yeah. is, a, is a bare minimum. Loyalty is a bare minimum. Yeah. And if, you know, you've done something that you then think that warrants him cheating on you, then then he's disrespected himself by being with someone that's not treating him right. Mm. The two, You're not aligned yeah. Something's not right. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say, yeah, like you're lowering yourself there. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's complex. I would really recommend listening to Esther Perel, but I would say in the main that if somebody is cheated on you, then they're not, you know, 
They're not prioritizing your heart. And people know what's going to happen. People know how much being cheated on hurts. Men really know. Mm -hmm. That's a big fucking ego killer for them. They know what they're doing. And to betray you in that way is not a good sign for the future. But then there are some people who would say that actually cheating kind of improved their relationship. It made them realize where things were going wrong. So it's it's really not cut and dry. But you're definitely disrespecting yourself if you're remaining in a situation that you're not happy with. Yeah, absolutely. All right, final question says, I wasn't ready to sleep with a guy, so he ended it. Should I feel guilty? Hell no. Hell no. (laughs) Hell no. 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 I wonder why she feels guilty. I wasn't ready to sleep with a guy, so he ended it. Should I feel guilty? Why would you feel guilty? You should feel fucking guilty. Although... I don't know. Maybe well, it was going on for ages. Well, you know, we don't know. We don't know the full story. No. However, however, no man should shame you into feeling bad about your choices with your body. Yeah. Ever. Ever. So no, you shouldn't feel guilty absolutely ever for doing what you want to do with your body. And know that when you meet the right person, there will be a conversation, a respectful conversation where you two can come to an agreement where you both do things in your own time and he respects you and your choices and you respect his and come to a compromise or whatever it may be like there is no it's no you shouldn't feel guilty no it's just a straight answer yeah absolutely (laughs) just no you should not feel guilty but also maybe he's not necessarily a bad person I was trying to be a bit balanced about things because I'm just thinking like if I was seeing a guy and we've been seeing each other for a couple of months or whatever or we've been on several dates and I was at the point where I was like I want to fuck him yeah um and he wasn't ready, maybe if I felt that we weren't aligned sexually, yeah. then I might end it. So yeah. I would not necessarily be a bad person. I'm not going to try and pressure him no. into sleeping with me. So maybe that's why she's feeling guilty. Maybe, and she still shouldn't feel guilty, but maybe it's kind of one of them things where actually he's been really kind about it, but he's been a bit like, I, I'm more sexual than this. Yeah. And now she's kind of going, oh, fuck, maybe we should have fucked. Like, and, but no, you shouldn't have because you didn't want to. Exactly. And you weren't going to fuck him to keep him. You were going to fuck him at the point that you felt fanny flutters and exactly. lust. And, and isn't it great that she didn't compromise on, on her, what she wanted, her truth and her exactly. values for him? She lost him because she stood solid in what she believed in. Yeah. So no, don't feel guilty, feel proud. Yes, absolutely. And on that note... We don't. So, yeah, well, that's it. That's <laughs> I loved all it. Thank you. Oh my god, I, I was so nervous. You. I Why love were you nervous? I don't know. Sometimes I get scared. I'm going to say something stupid. <laughs> oh my god, like you literally. I, I I genuinely think this is probably one of the best podcasts I've done. No, you you are just proper special, oh. and I really feel like people need to. Um, the whole world needs to hear you. Oh, I don't know why you're not massively bigger than what you are. <laughs> like you should have millions of followers. You should be out there on stages. You should be like the female Tony Robbins, like oh, my love start. one of them big conference <laughs> centers, and you just feel the power of you. Like I can really picture That's it. That's the goal. That's you, mate. We're gonna make it happen. Thank you, you are wonderful. Your daughter is a bloody lucky little girl. Thank you so and much. Thanks thank to my Prezi you. as well. I appreciate my. Prezi. Oh, she's got a spectacular buffing key ring. I do because she is a spectacular buffing. I love you. Thank you for everything you do, though. Honestly, um, thank you because you are one of the most inspiring people. Oh, I've come across. Thank you. Thank Mutual you. love. Absolutely. Um, all right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you, guys.